sometimes all of us end up trying to mine our lives for a profit. It's kind of just the way social media has kind of like wired our brains. Like we want to find things to share. Hello, hello everyone. I'm Cassandra Lay and you're listening to I'm Lost, So What? The podcast exploring between belonging and carving your own path. For all the peeps out there who kind of know what you're doing, but still question, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I'm with you. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the I'm Lost, So What podcast. This is your host, Cassandra Lay, and today's conversation, let's switch it up a little bit. I am currently recording this in my office in my pajama set, and this conversation, I really want it to be and feel like a heart-to-heart conversation. I'm not trying to call you out in this episode. If I do end up calling you out, my bad, kind of. I just want to talk about what it's like to actually put yourself out there and share your story. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about how much of your story should you actually share? And in this episode, I'm going to be going into why it's important to share, things to watch out for as you embark on this journey of sharing your story, what to actually share, how much to share, and some activities and, of course, journaling prompts at the end because, you know, I love sharing that stuff. So for all the people who have actually decided that you want to share more of your story, I congratulate you. Whether you feel like you have a message to share or you want to share your experience to help others in a similar situation or you want to create because why the fuck not or even if you want to show more of who you are. Whatever the reason is for wanting to share more of your story and putting yourself out there, again, I congratulate you and I'm excited for you. I feel like this is a huge step, even like admitting it to yourself, whether you've admitted it to yourself in your head, in your journal, or even if you've said it out loud, this is awesome. This is like an exciting journey. So before we dive into this episode, I do want to share that this is an ongoing process to figure out how much of your story to share as we grow and change and as we experience new things. So what I'm really trying to say is bookmark this podcast episode to listen to in the future because this stuff applies at whatever stage of your storytelling journey you are in. Really, this is also applied to my clients at the Quirky Pineapple Studio. This episode really covers the same questions that people ask me at any stage of their storytelling journey. So why is sharing your story so, mm, how do I say this, important? And maybe important isn't the word, like the real word that I want to actually say is why sharing your story is really liberating from my personal experience. So these are some of the reasons why I feel like me putting myself out there, me sharing my message, me sharing my story is so liberating. And again, I want to preface this that I come from a level of privilege that some people might not have. And of course, for me, this liberation is safe and it's not so dependent on like my physical Like I don't feel unsafe physically or anything like that, maybe in certain situations, but that's like for a whole other episode. So why is sharing my story so liberating for me? Um, I felt like I was an active participant in the world. I felt like I had something to really share and contribute. I felt like I was finally standing up for something instead of just going with the flow. I feel like this is a big one. I felt like I had a lot of things to say and a lot of things that I wanted to share, but I was really always too afraid to. 
I was always scared that I was going to piss somebody off or I was always worried that somebody would judge me. And when I finally spoke up about something, when I finally shared my story, I finally felt like I was standing up for something because I took a stance. I actually had an opinion. It wasn't just, oh yeah, okay, whatever. I was actually participating in the conversation. I also felt like I was seriously building up a lot of rage and resentment, as well as comparisonitis with what was happening in the world. And when I say rage and resentment, it was like I was watching things happen. And in my mind, I was forming opinions on them. And I was thinking about certain things critically, I just wouldn't share it. And then I would feel really angry and a lot of resentment because I wasn't sharing it. And it just kind of festered in my body. So I was looking for ways to share more. I wanted to be part of the conversation. I wanted to give my own perspective and experience. And I really felt like there was a piece of the conversation missing that only I could give insight to based on my personal experiences and knowledge. Like I would actually get pissed off when people wouldn't share a specific perspective or a specific lens to something because it was like, Y'all are missing part of the conversation. Like y'all aren't asking the questions from the other side. Y'all are missing all of the other potential questions that you could be talking about. And I was waiting for people to kind of bring those in. And then I realized nobody's going to bring that stuff in because it is based off of me and my experience, my identities, my stories that bring this opinion in. And that was kind of like a realization for me. Again, I also feel like sharing my story is extremely liberating because I feel like I'm not hiding anymore. And what I mean by hiding is like, if you've listened to past episodes on the I'm Lost So What podcast, actually have an episode that was released a couple weeks ago called Three Obvious Signs You're Hiding From Yourself. And that's kind of what I felt like. I felt like I was always hiding. I was always kind of like just playing it safe. I was doing what I needed to do to get by. And finally, when I started sharing my story, I felt even more liberated because I wasn't hiding anymore. I was actually showing people who I was. I was stepping into my values. I was actually being able to live out my values. And that really changed like my whole perception of sharing my story or not sharing my story. And then also, I didn't feel so alone in my thoughts and feelings anymore. And I'm sure if you've consumed inspirational quotes on Instagram or Pinterest, then you may know that when you share, you feel less alone. And that's kind of really what happened. I didn't feel so alone in my thoughts or feelings anymore. Sharing actually opened me up to build intentional relationships with people or, and this is a big or, it helped me build intentional relationships with people or it helped me realize that it was time to let those people go, which is okay too. And I really feel like when I started sharing my story and liberating myself from like hiding or expectations or anything else, I wasn't living a lie. And disclaimer here, uh, there are lots of things that I'm still working through and learning. So this quote unquote, not giving or not living a lie is relative and kind of changes with the ebbs and flows of my own understanding of myself and my own beliefs and values. But I feel like when I wasn't sharing my story, I didn't realize that I was like withholding a real part of myself back. And 
that was almost like truly living a lie because nobody really got to know the real me because I wouldn't share the real me. I wouldn't share my like my opinions. I wouldn't share my specific values. I wouldn't contradict what other people were saying because I was too terrified. And if you think about it, that's living a lie because you're not giving people the chance to get to know the real you. You're just living into what other people are expecting. And that's not fair. That's not fair to them. And that's not fair to you. Mostly not fair to you because I mean, come on, like you're the one living the life. They're not living your life for you. So that's why I think sharing your story is super liberating and very important from a more like tactical, I guess, standpoint. And if you want to talk about marketing and personal branding and opportunities, sharing my story has also helped me have deeper relationships with people. I said this before, but it's true. Sharing my story has helped me have deeper relationships with my clients at the Quirky Pineapple Studio, my friends, my partner, my parents. And I want to be honest that it's really fucking scary, but really nice to not hold onto something or feel like that tightness in my chest, like I'm holding my breath because I'm not sharing my story. I feel like when I do share my story, I actually get to breathe and I get to also detach myself from what other people expect because I am living into my values. Another thing that sharing my story has helped me to do is get featured in podcasts. Not this podcast, I mean, this is mine, but get featured in other podcasts, get featured in articles, ask to be a speaker, a whole bunch of other different like opportunities to make deeper impact. So for example, by sharing my story, I was featured in a Forbes article on what it's like to have a personal brand that helps you travel the world. By sharing my story, I was a TEDx speaker in Los Angeles. I was a speaker at a digital nomad conference. I was a speaker for other notable digital marketing things or what it was like to be location independent. None of that would have happened if I, one, didn't dig through my stories and understand them and then also have the courage to actually share them. And that's really amazing. Other things that my story has helped me to do or be was to grow a community that feels safe for me. And I feel like that's really, really important. Yeah, cool. Like getting featured in Forbes, getting podcast interviews, being a TEDx speaker is like amazing. Yes, I can put it on like my resume and my LinkedIn. But I think the one thing that is really, really important to me is that I was able to grow a community that feels safe for me. And that has allowed me to connect with people from around the world who share in my story, who have similar experiences and that we can connect on a way deeper level. Another thing is that I've made some sort of impact in my community. And this might sound like arrogant, uh, but it's true. I do get messages of inspiration and encouragement from people on Instagram. I've gotten emails from people who have shared that my blog post really helped them. I've gotten emails from people who have heard podcast episodes or, you know, taken a class for me or heard my one of my speaking engagements and they reached out afterwards and it's funny to think about because you know mentioning this I'm like that's not why I decided to share my story but that's a really lovely like cause and effect because you really don't know who relates to your story and by sharing it you've opened yourself up for that connection and 
thinking about it. Oh, am I going to cry? I don't know. I'm getting teary eyed over here. But it's amazing because that's the power of stories. That's the power of your story. That's pretty cool. And really, I think uh, like the TEDx talk, the opportunities, the community and all of this stuff on a more personal level, I think sharing my story and getting really clear on my message and my values, it's just allowed me to live with more joy, creativity, peace, and ease. And thanks to therapy as well for like opening up this lens for me to see that at like in reality. But really, like if I can live with more joy, creativity, peace, and ease for myself, and I can ease my anxiety, I can ease my overthinking habits, I can ease like the storytelling I used to do that was like detrimental to my mental and emotional health, that's a win for me y'all like that is a win for me. So that's why I really want to talk about how to share your story and like what to actually share. So the next thing that I want to dive into is what do you actually need to watch out for as you start to share more of your story and message? And these are some of the things that I've seen happen with my clients, some of the things that I see happen with my friends, uh, some of the things that I see happen just with like community members in general. So these are things to watch out for as you start to share more of your story and message. The first one is like a huge, huge, huge one, and I call it vulnerability fatigue. So this is something that my clients at the Corky Pineapple Studio go through very, very often. They feel like they have a whole ass, a whole ass motherfucking story to share with nuanced layers and all the things. How can they share all of it? Like they're wondering, oh my gosh, like my story is so layered. I've lived like so many different lives. I've had like different careers. How am I going to distill this story into like something that is actually consumable and relatable to my audience? And this is when they get vulnerability fatigue because what they've been doing usually in the past is they just share their entire story in like one Instagram post or they share their entire story in like one podcast episode as a guest. And what usually happens is because they're sharing their entire story, all of the layers, all of the little things that go into their story, the many lives that they've lived, they get vulnerability fatigue. So they feel like they're always changing and whatever they share will box them in and they won't be able to change in the future. Or they feel like, oh, I need to share the whole breadth of my story because nobody's going to understand. And vulnerability fatigue is a very real thing. For example, in one of our brand messaging intensives that we offer at the Quirky Pineapple Studio, we were doing an exercise with our client and they like one of the questions that we asked them was, what is your story? Who are you? And what they did was they shared the whole damn thing for about an hour. And at the, and then after our session, they actually took a nap because they were so tired from rehashing and resharing all of the things. So I don't want that for y'all. I don't want anybody to get vulnerability fatigue when they're sharing their story because that's not sustainable and that's not helpful for anybody. It's actually quite harmful because now you just feel drained of like literally all of your energy. So my advice is to not share your whole damn story. It's really energetically tiring to do that because that's a lot to encapsulate in a very short amount of time or even in like a short Instagram caption or social media caption. You just, you can't do it. 
And also, I just want to remind you that like you are a whole ass human with layers, experiences and all the things you can't share it all because there's just the way the communication platforms work, the way social media works, the way things are created don't allow us to fully have nuance in our conversations on Instagram or on Facebook or on a LinkedIn post, or even in an email newsletter. Well, maybe an email newsletter, you might be able to get like a little deeper. But just the way social media runs, there is no space for nuance. And I wouldn't want you to try and like squeeze the breath of your story and the breath of your message into something that just wasn't made to to hold it. Like your story is so much bigger. Why give it all to Instagram? Why give it all to that 30 second reel? It's not worth it. So I really do think try and break it up into smaller pieces. Uh, this is getting into more like tactical examples and things. So I'm going to save this for the end of the episode. So when we get into the actual activities to do, but again, when you get vulnerability fatigue, don't try and share your whole damn story in one sitting or in one Instagram Instagram post or whatever social media platform you're using, it will energetically drain you. And on the flip side, it's also a lot for your community and your audience to take in all at once. Like you are a whole ass human being with layers and experiences and nuance and stories. Like how can somebody else that just like somebody who just meets you, somebody who's just scrolling on social media and finds your post how can you expect them to take in the whole thing like there's a lot going on if we try and share our whole story it can also confuse people it can distract them from your message or it just could be like oh my gosh i like don't know what to do with this information i'm not saying don't provide context but you also don't need to like lay out your entire story on them that's like when you're on a first date and the person just tells you their whole life story in between appetizers and the main course and now you're like what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Like, remember, it takes time for people to get to know you. And just like in storytelling, if you want to share your message and you want to share your story, it takes time for your audience and your community to get to know you. So again, don't try and share the whole story at the same in one sitting because it will give you vulnerability fatigue. The next thing is kind of like the opposite of vulnerability fatigue. This is what I call airing your dirty laundry. And airing your dirty laundry is like when you put your business all over the internet. And hey, it happens. Sometimes when we're going through something, we want to talk about it because we're angry, sad, hurt, or we want to get affirmation that we're right and they're wrong. Whatever the case is, airing your dirty laundry detracts from your story and also detracts from your message. Honestly, I would say save this for therapy, like seriously, or to gossip with your close friends group. I'm not going to tell you what is considered dirty laundry or not, or be the story police. I really leave it up to you, to your discretion to consider, but I have two questions for you to kind of consider if this is airing your dirty laundry. The first one is, what is the point or goal of the story that you're trying to share? And if it is to share a lesson, experience, or unique point of view, what do you hope people can take away from it? So that's the second one. This is kind of what happens when we start to share our story. We kind of get into vulnerability fatigue, we get into airing your dirty laundry, and the third one is good old imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome is very normal, and usually when we start sharing our story or opinions or values or 
you know, our message, it comes up strong, like so strong. And we're actually becoming part of the conversation instead of silently consuming and making our own opinions that don't get shared beyond our brain or with our journal. So imposter syndrome is very, very normal. Like I get imposter syndrome all the time. And I really think it's because when you start actively participating in a conversation, sharing your opinions, you know, trying to understand the other person, sharing a contradictory thought or whatever beyond, you know, your own thoughts and your journal, then of course, imposter syndrome is going to come up because we're actually putting ourselves out there. And it might start feeling like people will question you. And I used to think this all the time because imposter syndrome made me think, oh my gosh, if I share my thoughts or opinions, or if I share like how to do something, somebody's going to come back and question me and basically tell me, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm a nobody. And I want to just remind you, whoever you are, if you're listening to this and really to myself, that when I do share my story, when I do share my thoughts and my experiences, this is my opinion and also what I lived. So these are things based on my experiences, knowledge, and identity, stories, message, and all of that. And I am entitled to my opinion, and people are also entitled to their opinion. And they're also allowed to disagree, just like you don't agree with everything everybody says, you also have the right to disagree with them. I do want to point out that if you push your opinion on someone, that is what I call imposing and that is what we call asshole behavior. So I also want to share that it's really not your job to change anyone's opinion, especially if you come from a marginalized group. And also it's not your job to try and convince other people to believe what you're saying. When we're sharing our stories, what we really want to do is just share the story. We want to share a different perspective. And then we leave that to somebody else to decide, okay, that perspective was interesting. Let me look for more information. That perspective was interesting. I want to follow this person because I want to learn more. That perspective or that story helped me understand X, Y, Z. And that's what I feel like is the point of storytelling. It's not to convince people of your opinion or try and like have a debate online. It's really because you want to change the perspective or bring in a different perspective that wasn't presented before. And I know that also imposter syndrome usually leads to not feeling worthy or enough. And sometimes we feel like our story isn't enough, like it's not a superhero story to share. So why the fuck are we doing it? Or it's not inspiring enough or we didn't do anything fabulous in our life. Like we just lived a very normal whatever life. And like, you think that you're just an average person. What story could you have to share? I just want to remind you that you have a lot of stories, ideas, opinions, and experiences that are worthy and unique. And how I know that is if you dig into your own culture, your own identity, and your own experiences, you'll start to see that you have a lot of stories to share and that they're enough. Which brings me to my next point, actually, about not having a story that 
is enough or not having an interesting enough story. Trauma porn. So what is trauma porn? This is a definition taken from a really great article on what trauma porn is and why it hurts black people. I've linked it in the show notes, but I'm just going to read the definition that they provided. So trauma porn is media that showcases a group's pain and trauma in excessive amounts for the sake of entertainment. Trauma porn is created not for the sake of the marginalized group, but instead to console or entertain the non-marginalized group. It also has the tendency to cater to the non-marginalized person's ego versus actually helping the marginalized person depict what life is really like for them. Trauma porn at its core is exploitative and emotionally provocative for unethical reasons that lack compassion for anything other than the society ruled default, aka those who are white, straight, cisgender, able-bodied, able-minded, and neurotypical. And I want to bring in trauma porn because I feel like this is super important, whether you are a person in a marginalized group or you belong in dominant culture, we end up I don't know how to say this nicely. Um, I think because of the messages in media, we end up mining our lives for trauma porn because we feel like our stories aren't enough just as they are. We feel like we need to have some fabulous underdog, you know, story to get eyes on what we have to say. And that's just not true. For example, with Black, Indigenous people of color, disabled people, neurodivergent folks, fat people, etc., I really feel like we are also guilty of trauma porn. And I'm not saying that like to say this to guilt trip you or like to shame you. Of course, we are guilty of trauma porn because the media has actually taught us that our stories are only important and worthy of being heard when we tie in our trauma, pain, underdog story, or inspiring slash motivational story. So an example of this is like a disabled person overcoming a difficulty and being seen as a champion. And we usually see this in movies that are about sports. This totally disregards the other part of this person's story and narrows it down to being disabled. Like sometimes when we, like what the definition said before, trauma porn kind of reduces our entire breadth and nuanced layers of being a human in our story to just one thing because that's what, you know, dominant culture finds interesting. That's what dominant culture finds sellable, which is also you know, living under a capitalist society, you want to sell more, you want to get more eyes on you, you want to be more popular, you want to get more opportunities, of course. And at the sake of what? Only selling a part of your story or only sharing a part of your story or reducing your whole entire human experience for a trauma porn story, a pain story, an underdog story. You have so many other stories to share. It's not just that. And I just want to remind you that our stories don't need to have pain or trauma or an underdog story or whatever to be enough. Our stories, just as they are, are enough. Like the breadth of your human experience is amazing and it's enough. Like when you dig into your culture and identity and your experiences there, you can find so many stories that don't need to revolve around trauma or pain or some like motivational, inspirational, capitalist bullshit to get people to notice you. And that brings me to the next one that is similar to trauma porn, which is mining our lives for profit. And I talked about this in one of the episodes, You're the Branch slash Niche is Toxic as Fuck. 
Um, in general, sometimes all of us end up trying to mine our lives for a profit. It's kind of just the way social media has kind of like wired our brains. Like we want to find things to share on social media. And I don't want to get into this too much because I talked a lot about it on a previous episode. Again, if you want to listen to that one, the title is You Are the Brand Slash Niche is Toxic as Fuck. But I just want to mention that we don't need to mine our lives or recreate things to be seen as worthy of being listened to or heard. And I think I'll have to make another episode on lifestyle marketing versus liberatory marketing because that goes into like that whole thing about mining our lives for content. Okay, anyways, continuing on about this list, we talked about vulnerability fatigue. We talked about imposter syndrome. We talked about trauma porn and mining our lives for profit. And the last one that I see happening a lot is ego sharing. And I feel like this one is pretty self-explanatory. This is really when you try and share something or like share your story to get attention. And I can't really tell you when that's happening because only you would know. But I do like to ask myself what the purpose of sharing this story or this piece of content or this message is. And if it's to boost my ego, either because I need some affirmation or I want to get a cookie for doing something, then that's an ego boost post. What's the goal of that story? What's the purpose of this message? If it's to boost my ego, then maybe I need to reconsider sharing it or not. So now that we've gone through what you may run into when you start to share more of your story slash message, what do you actually share? And I am so sorry if you are waiting for this section and I feel like this is a trick question because I cannot actually tell you what to actually share, mainly because I don't know how comfortable you feel. I would never want to push somebody to share something that they don't feel comfortable with. But also, I don't know the the layers of your own privilege because I can say share lots of different things and then it could actually put somebody in danger. So what I can say is that some parts of your story will become irrelevant to your current season of life and your current season of your message, your current season of where you want to go and what you want to do and that's okay that this story, one particular story is irrelevant. You don't need to share that story. And then some parts of your story will come back after you've healed or made your own conclusions or opinions around them. And if it's relevant, I say, share that part of your story again, bring that story back. And another thing is some stories come back after years of being forgotten and it makes sense to share them. So if it makes sense to share them now, even though you forgot about them, then why not? I I feel like because stories are not, well, the way they're written currently, like in novels and stuff, they're linear. But because we are humans and we have, and also time is a social construct, <laughs> that could be another episode. Uh, because time is like a social construct, because we are humans, we have layers and, you know, we have different experiences, things come and go. There are stories that come and go in your life. There are stories and identities that come back because you tap into them more. There are stories and identities that are irrelevant. Lean into that. Explore that. See what is coming up for you. And just to share you a, an example with you all, for my TEDx talk, I'll link it in the show notes. I talked about how current work culture recreates colonial systems. And really that story that I shared in my TEDx talk took four years, four years of it brewing inside me, formulating my own opinions and conclusions around what I wanted to talk about and actually finding enough courage to share it. 
And that's okay. Like stories are fluid and our story doesn't stop. It just turns the page. (laughs) Anybody catch that pun? Um, But really like this current story of, or the story that I shared in my TEDx talk is still relevant to me today because I'm exploring that more. I'm leaning into it. The story that I first shared when I moved abroad to the United States about how I was blogging at the age of 13, that story, yeah, it's part of my story, but it's not as relevant anymore. So I choose to share it when it makes sense, but it's not like the starting point of my story. So how much do you actually share? How much of your story do you really share? And again, I can't tell you how much to share. Well, except for don't share the whole damn story in one sitting, uh, because again, that's unsustainable and will cause vulnerability fatigue. What I can say is, or really the questions that I want to share with you to consider around how much do you share are what boundaries do you have to keep a safe space if you do share? Because sharing is scary and sharing opens up doors to certain things and maybe certain people and certain reactions. What boundaries do you have to keep a safe space for yourself? Number two, do you have a community or network to fall back on for support if you share? Do you have people that will hold space for you? Do you have people that will be there if something happens? Do you have people that can like cheer you on? Think about that. And if you do, who are they? And the last one is, are you okay with the consequences of sharing your story? If you are, then okay, that's great. If you aren't, that's okay too. But what small parts can you share with your closest network first? If you aren't okay with the consequences of sharing your story, good or bad, then maybe it's not time to share that story yet. But if you are okay with the consequences of sharing that story, then what are you waiting for? If you're holding your breath and holding that story in, it's going to eat you up inside. I know that feeling. When you want to share, when you want to say something, you won't do it. And in one of the previous episodes, three existential questions to ask yourself before getting visible, I shared about how, you know, when you want to share something and you want to share your story, your message, and then you hold it in, it's like holding a cough. And then it's like super awkward because now you're just uncomfortable. The same thing happens. Are you okay with the consequences of sharing your story? If you are, great. If you aren't, that's okay too. So last thing I want to share before I wrap this episode up is different activities you can do to start sharing your story. The first one is something that is actually uh, an activity that we do with our clients at the Quirky Pineapple Studio when we work with thought leaders and personal brands. I call it the story connection timeline. So there are seven parts to a story, which is the prologue, beginning, middle, conflict, resolution, transformation, and epilogue. Now, I want you to think about where are you in your story and to write out each part, each part of your story, the prologue, beginning, middle, conflict, resolution, transformation, and epilogue. And let me know y'all if you think I should do a podcast episode breaking up this seven part story connection timeline, because honestly, I think if I explain the whole thing here, this podcast would just be so long. So if you do want another podcast episode on the story connection timeline, let me know. Send me a message on Instagram at Cassandra TLE. The second activity is what I like to call petite stories. So once you've written out your overall larger story in the story connection timeline, I recommend 
creating a document and then in a separate document, creating um, another one called Petite Stories. And Petite Stories are smaller stories that highlight situations within your own story that people can relate to. So these can be examples of something, experiences you had, small conflict, etc. And you don't need to recount like the whole story. Remember, it's a petite story. So for example, a petite story for me is that I was holding onto this podcast idea for a 1.5 plus years before I decided to do it. And why did I finally take the plunge and do this podcast? I basically got tired of not having a different perspective to the conversation and I was getting pissed off with myself for not doing anything. So if you've ever felt so sick and tired of your own shit that you just have to take action, uh, that was me in this podcast. And that is a petite story that I'm sure some of you can relate to. And the last activity is write out a list of your accomplishments and achievements. So this doesn't necessarily need to be work related. These can be things that you're just proud of. And I recommend keeping this as a reminder that you've got plenty of stories and experiences to pull from because you have things that you're proud of. And those can all be broken into stories, petite stories, examples to share because you have a breadth of stories to pull from like a whole lifetime up until now think about it all of the stories that you've had and yeah if you are a rising thought leader or want to build your personal brand and you want to work together on cultivating your thought leadership strategy you can send me a message to learn how we can work together through the quirky pineapple studio we have a package called the brand message intensive where we work with thought leaders and personal brands to map out your brand message and also your content marketing strategy you can learn more at the link in bio and schedule a clarity call to see how we can work together all right y'all honestly i just want to end this episode by saying that your story is enough just the way it is I don't think you need to live some fabulous, glorious life to share your story. I honestly feel like the decisions that you make today to live a more aligned life, share your opinion, live out your values is is enough. Like those are all stories worth sharing. So let me know if you are taking the challenge to share more of your story. Send me a message on Instagram at Cassandra TLE. And I will see you in the next episode. Stay fierce, fam. If you're hearing this message, that means you made it to the end of this episode. Yay, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and thought to yourself, whoa, it me, I'd love if you could share this with others, post about it on social media, and or leave a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe too. Want to hang out with me in other areas of the internet? You can follow me on Instagram, Cassandra TLE for brand message and content marketing tips and resources. Check out my business at the Corky Pineapple Studio. Thanks again and see you in the next episode. Stay fierce, fam.